What's up, folks? This is Tony Brewer. You're listening to or watching as the case may be. Cogitations. Cogitations is the podcast where we think about things, we contemplate them, we turn them over in our minds, and then we discuss them. Daniel chapter 7, verse 28, Daniel writes, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations much troubled me. My countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. We're not going to keep the matter in our heart. We're going to talk about it. Today, we're going to talk about the power of Scripture, a lesson from one word. Over the years, I've tried to articulate this in various and sundry different ways, and I have failed miserably. I think I've got it, finally. I was thinking about this, meditating, as on the nose as that sounds, I do meditate. Weird, isn't it? But it hit me. Oh, I've finally got an illustration. So, here's what we're going to talk about, the power of Scripture. Let me take a sip of this good Canadian coffee. Mm, love it. All right. Be sure to join the Christianity Now Facebook group. And let me tell you what I would love for you to do. Go to the Christianity Now Facebook group, join that group, and then you can invite your friends, but you can invite, you can send an invite to everyone on your friends list at once. I would love for you to do that. I would, I would love to have this Facebook group grow up to several hundred members. It's wide open, okay? Uh, once the first of the year hits, Aaron and I are going to start advertising. We're going to sink some advertising money into the Facebook group. It is different from the We Talk Truth group in that it is a public group. Anybody can participate. Anybody can see. Anybody can see the comments. It is not going to be as heavily moderated and curated as the We Talk Truth group was. The We Talk Truth group is great. It's just my vision for it. It was more involved than than the time that I could give it. Great in concept, really good group whenever I was able to put the time in it, but I'm not able to put the time in it. So what I want to do, my vision is to grow a Christianity Now Facebook group that is a little bit more open. The members have a little bit more freedom. It's less, quote unquote, policed, but it's much, much larger. And we use that as a funnel to bring people from the group into our live streams and stuff like that. And those folks from very eclectic walks of life will all hear the same gospel, the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints. Folks, help us in that. It will not cost you a dime. Go to the group, join the group, and then share the group with every one of your friends. And you won't believe exactly how profitable that will be for the cause of getting the message out. So that's all we've got here. Good morning, Trita Munson, Terry Crook, Sheila Cole, John Exum. I'm so glad that you all are here. Uh, before we get into the podcast, I'm going to, uh, we're going to hear a word from our sponsor, Lindsay Dotson, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com. Are you part of a congregation or any other organization seeking effective ways to spread the word about your event? Look no further. Lindsay Dotson specializes in designing modern advertisements for churches, whether it's flyers, postcards, or social media graphics, and it's modern advertisements for churches or any, any institution. If you have a need, contact Lindsay Faye Dotson, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com, whether you're a church or, a, or anything. Anyway, 
whether it's flyers, postcards, social media graphics, Lindsay's got you covered. Reach out through a private message on Facebook or the preferred method. Send her an email, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com for more details. Don't let this opportunity make you, to make your message resonate far and wide pass you by. Contact Lindsay Faye Dotson, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com today. Now, if you want to tip the show, if you want to support the show, www.nearchurches at gmail.com, uh, you can do that or go to the show notes and there's a way to do that. But if you really want to support us, subscribe at Substack and upgrade your subscription to the $5 a month uh, to the $5 a month tier. All right. All scriptures given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, I know what you're thinking. Now, Tony, the last time I read that in my Bible, it didn't say thoroughly. In fact, I've never used this word thoroughly. I don't know what it's all about. Uh, this, is not a, this is not a word that's in our everyday parlance, and you'd be correct. Sadly, I do not think this is a major textual variant. This is just a case of whenever this word throughly was used in the old English text, not the old English, but the text in English that are old uh, from the 1500s. And then, of course, we get in 1611, the, the King James. But even the, even the, the scriptures that predate those King James, the, the, the original King James and Old English. Uh, English didn't have a standard of spelling. So I think what is going on here is the idea is thoroughly. But I almost feel like Bob Ross here. I think I've, I think I found a little happy accident. And, and let me tell you what I mean. First off, let me, let me go to some of my notes for the show. So the King James Version uses the word throughly. In 2 Timothy 3.17, which differs from the more commonly seen thoroughly, T-H-O-R-O-U-G-H-L-Y, in modern English. The difference here is more of a matter of historical spelling than a meaning. In the time of the King James Version's translation, the early 17th century, English spelling was not yet standardized, and words were often spelled in various ways that reflected their pronunciation. Thoroughly and thoroughly essentially, and you see, I did that on purpose. They almost sound the same, but they essentially meant the same thing. Now, here's the thing. I love this. Even with this research that I found, essentially meaning the same thing is not does mean the same thing. I still, even though I haven't found evidence from a, from a credible scholarly source, that there was a reason other than a, a non-standardized spelling of a word. I believe there's a reason other than a non-standardized spelling of the word that the word throughly was used instead of thoroughly. But again, I got I to gotta concede ground here. I don't think this is a major textual variant. I don't think it's a variant based on usage of term. But, I still, it's a happy accident that I think we can draw a point from and illustrate for the sake, or use, use for illustration, for the sake of illustration, uh, showing that God's word is powerful, and it is God that makes the word powerful, all right? Anyway, oh, let me close this out so I can actually see. 
Uh, good morning, Chris Olive. Good morning, Ted Knight. Uh, good to see everybody. Now, so the Cambridge text versus the Oxford text. The Cambridge text is older than the Oxford text. What you're going to find in, and I don't have one handy, but like I've got an R.L. Allen uh, long primer. The R.L. Allen long primer uses an Oxford text. This is odd, but some of the Cambridge Bibles actually use an Oxford text, as odd as that sounds. But a lot of the Cambridge Bibles use the old Cambridge text. And in fact, you're purist. I mean, you're dyed in the wool, bowl cut, make your own soap, homeschooled, primitive Baptist, KJV only people. What they mean when they say KJV only is they mean the old Cambridge text. They think that you're not a purist. They don't, they don't respect you if you use the Oxford text. So you can use an RL long primer, but that's not going to be as authoritative in their mind as the old Cambridge text. So this is kind of funny. KJV only is a funny breed, folks. Um, so anyway, here, here, let me get into this. Um, you'll notice that there's there's two different Cambridge text blocks. There's a modern Cambridge text block, text block and an older Cambridge text block. And even among those two text blocks, the word thoroughly and throughly, the, the, the word throughly is different. It's, it's thoroughly. So probably 90% of my listeners are going to have a version of the Bible that has thoroughly. Now, does thoroughly adequately convey the thrust of what Paul is trying to tell Timothy and, and subsequently the Holy Spirit is trying to tell us from the annals of history? Well, yes, it does. Thoroughly, there's nothing wrong with thoroughly. If you've got a Bible that has thoroughly and, and you understand it as thoroughly, you're not a bad person. You don't have a, you don't have a suboptimal Bible translation. I promise you. Your life will be just fine if you stop listening to anything I have to say past this point, and you probably would have been fine if you never even listened to anything that I've said thus far. You're going to live. You're going to get to heaven. You're going to be okay, all right? This is simply something that I think is really cool, and we're going to explore this kind of happy accident with thoroughly versus throughly. I'm going to read it. We're going to talk about Thoroughly first. Well, let me back up. I'm going to start reading in verse 12 of chapter 3. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. The scriptures, folks, is what is able to make you wise unto salvation through the action you take based on what you believe, and that has to be located within the parameters set forth by Jesus our Lord. There's no magical, miraculous help from the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit revealed the scriptures, 
the scriptures are powerful enough in and of themselves that coupled with your obedience will make you wise unto salvation. And Paul goes on to say, in fact, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof and for uh, correction and instruction in righteousness for the purpose that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. In other words, furnished adequately unto all good works. So again, this, this one passage of Scripture, if we're honest with what it says, proves that the furnishing comes from the Scriptures. But why? How is it then that I am furnished unto all good works by the Scriptures? Throughly. I think throughly works so much better here. Let me explain. I promise. I'm, I'm, again, if, if you have a Bible that says thoroughly, you don't have a bad Bible. I'm just wanting to wrinkle our brains a little bit today, and I don't want to offend anybody about their pet translation. That's why I'm hedging what I say so much. The LSB has a good rendering, in my opinion. All scriptures God breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training, so that the man of God may be equipped, having been thoroughly equipped. Oh, no, John, I don't like that at all. Grammatically, having been thoroughly equipped for every good work. I'd have to chew on that. The having been implies that my equipping began before my introduction to Scripture. I have to, I, I got to chew on this. All Scriptures God breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, and for correction, for training, in order to, so, so that, the man of God may be equipped, having been thoroughly. Maybe I'm okay with that. I'd have to parse that out. I may be splitting hairs, okay? But, but I, I would need to parse that out. <clears throat> yes, man of God. Did I not say man of God? I may be. Well, yeah, so, Sue, if, if, if I said something different than man of God, I apologize. But if, yeah, maybe, John. I just, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't like the grammatic construct there. All scriptures God breathes and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So that the man of God may be equipped. So at the point of being equipped, like that, that's why I don't think it makes any sense. The man of God may be equipped. Having so we can this this clause in between the commas, grammatically we can remove, and although we might lose some information, in other words, I don't suggest you doing that with scripture, but. 
the thrust of the message would, would remain intact. But let's read it without that clause. All scriptures God breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, having been thoroughly equipped for every good work. I don't know. So that the man of God may be, may be equipped, having been thoroughly equipped. See, the equipping of the man of God, the having been thoroughly equipped, comes before the equipping, grammatically there. I don't understand that. I don't understand. I, I, John, I don't like it. I, it, it does not. It does not parse out well. It, it's not. It's grammatically weird. I feel like somebody is trying to say something without saying something. Yeah, it's the only translation that has it that way. Well, that that may be. Yeah, that 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 may that may be the tell all right there. I don't know, and that, that doesn't mean the uh, that that doesn't mean the LSB is. I mean, you don't. I'm, I'm not saying you need to throw your LSB in the garbage or anything. I'm just saying I don't like that particular. There's some funny business going on in the in the grammar there. So like like listen to the KJV. So that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Well, we'll go to the trusty rusty E sword. I, I think I get what they're I, I think the problem is what they've done with the word um equipped. Arteos. Uh, this this particular form of Arteos only appears one time in Scripture, and it's in Second uh, Timothy two or three seventeen, and it's uh, a special aptitude for given uses, uh, complete, uh, fitted, that the man of God may be fitted. Ex artizo, which is a cognate of RTO, which is ek is out of. Artizo is equipped or finished. John, the LSB, I think it's translated properly. It just sounds janky to me. Yeah, I, it just it, it sounds janky to me. All right. So anyway, this this RTO or well, not RT, this RT X Artizo and then and then whoa, get out get off get off my screen. All right. So perfect here in the KJV is Artios or Artios. It's it's by implication complete, perfect, fitted. All right. Interestingly enough, when you go to um when you go to, I'm going to put my marker here. We're going to take a brief excursus and explore this word, not the word that that we uh, talked about in the on the thumbnail. All right. So, verse uh, Ephesians chapter four, verse twelve is what I want, but I'm going to start in verse eight. 
Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. I'm going to skip the parenthetical. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Why? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come into the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and to the perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, the perfect man in verse 13, Ephesians 4, that word perfect is teleos. That's not the verse that I'm looking for, though. For the perfecting of the saints. Let's go to, let's go to trusty resty Esau in Ephesians 4, 12. And let's notice uh, this word here, um, perfecting. Kata artismos. Now, in 1 Timothy 2, or 1 Timothy 3, we have ex artizo, artio, and here we have kata artismos. The equipping, which comes from God, this is why Ephesians chapter 4 is talking about in the miraculous age. These, these offices of the church were functioning in a miraculous manner because the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors that teach, Ephesians 4.11, they were all inspired and God was downloading the quote-unquote scriptures into their brain and they would either speak it or write it. And so the purpose for the apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors that teach in the first century was to equip down, was to furnish down. In other words, they brought it down from heaven and gave it to the masses. All right? Now, that's kata artizo. Let's go, kata's down, that preposition. Now, let's go to Second uh, Timothy 3, and notice this. Um, now, now that it's here, now that it has been kata artizo for the purpose that each individual achieves their teleos, their perfection, their, their completeness, they grow up in the measure and stature of Christ, um, the scripture is given by inspiration so that the man of God may be Arteost, just equipped or furnished or outfitted, as it were. But how? Throughly. This is an adverb that answers how. Throughly furnished. Ex artizo. So equipped out of. Ephesians 4.12 paints a picture of the equipping coming down from heaven. 2 Timothy 3.17 the man of God is equipped, and then the word exartizo paints the picture of that equipping is coming out of something. That's why I like thoroughly better than thoroughly, and I believe it's a happy accident, all right? And I am 100% certain that the reason the LSB, and I don't know what LSB stands for, um, the reason the LSB translated it the way they translated it is because of the play on words of artizo or RTO and exartizo. And then, of course, you can look at Ephesians 4.12 with the kata artizo. 
where is it? All scripture is God breathed and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be equipped, having been thoroughly equipped for every good work. That's this is an example of one of those. Um, this is an example of one of those situations where a technically perfect translation doesn't convey what the New Testament writers were actually trying to convey. It's janky when it goes over to English. That's so yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, you would be correct. They explained that in their translation. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Cool. All right. <clears throat> yes, John Exum, I have the Apostolic Bible Polyglot. I'll check that. I'll see what the what the what the Polyglot says. For any for any the, the Apostolic Bible Polyglot is a Greek New Testament that it's it's a very authoritative, well-respected. All right. And I, I, I'll tell you, this is why whenever people say, well, you need a verbatim translation. No, you don't. You wouldn't be able to understand it. Every scripture is God-inspired and beneficial for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, the one in righteousness. That complete should be the of God man for every work good accomplishing. Do you see why you don't need a verbatim translation, a literal translation? Well, that's the apostolic Bible polyglot. So we have to smooth it out. Well, what are, what are we trying to say? Let me explain. And I tried to find a video uh, that I could swipe off of TikTok or something like that that I could play, but I couldn't find anything that didn't have a bunch of cussing or I, I searched a, a tractor and a bush hog, and evidently, folks, there's a lot of farmers' daughters wearing booty shorts and crop tops that are bush hogging on their tractors, getting millions of views on TikTok. I did not know this. I stopped looking. Uh, but I really wish I had a tractor and a bush hog and a video to show a tractor and a bush hog. <laughs> so, because not everybody understands the 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 tractor and the farm implement there is something that connects the tractor and the bush hog the bush hog is a pull behind mower it has a gearbox it has a, a a stem that hooks up to the tractor that turns and then the gearbox turns and the blades on the on the bush hog the mower turn and i know what you're thinking tony what in the world what in the world does that have to do with being furnished unto every good work? Well, I tell you what it has to do. From where comes the power? The power is from God. The scriptures are quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. But why? Because they're from God. They are God-breathed. The Greek word, and you got a kind of hakalugi in the back of your throat. It's chrema. These are the actual words breathed out by God. They are endued with power. Why? Because they are truth. Sanctify them by thy word. Thy word is truth. The truth has the power. God said, let there be light. And there was light. Well, 
God has the power to do that. So there are power, there's power in truthful words. These words were written down. These words were preserved. And these words are able to make us wise into salvation if we take action on them. So the words spur us to action. Our actions are powerful because they are confessatory in nature, homologia, commensurate with saying the same things, doing the same things as what God says in his word. So then the power is God. So when I, when I say, listen, I'm dead in my sins, and I want my sins forgiven, and the person with whom I'm studying says, well, all you got to do is believe that Jesus is the Son of God, You've got, to sub, you've got to confess that, and you've got to repent, change your mind about the sin that you're in, which you've already done, and now we're going to bury your dead body and raise it again to walk in newness of life, and you submit to that, that those instructions. Why is that powerful? Because that's what God said. The power is not in me. The power is not in the person who baptizes me. The power is not in the water. The, the power is in the word of God, and we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And that's First Peter one twenty three. And the seed is the word. The parable is this. The seed is the word of God. So how then do I get the power? I have to have a connection to God. How does the bush hog that has no power in it but has to do the work get power from the tractor who is unable to do the work? And I understand God is not unable, but it's an illustration, so it's not perfect. Where God is unable to do the work, he has the power. How do those two things meet? folks? A tractor and a bush hog are connected by what is called a PTO shaft. PTO stands for power takeoff. I used to think it stood for something uh, akin to power transfer, but that's not it. It's power takeoff. So the PTO shaft transfers power from the tractor to the bush hog, and the bush hog is able to do the work because of the power transferred from the tractor to the bush hog. How is the man of God able to do the work? There has to be power transferred from God to man. How is that? How is it transferred? How is he equipped? Throughly. It's through the word. That's why I like throughly better. Thoroughly works. I get it. But I think throughly is better because it, it's more descriptive and it's more apt and it paints a better word picture. Ek artizo, out of. I have the word of God and it is out of the word of God that the man of God is equipped. So the power flows from God through the word to the man. So how is the man of God equipped? Throughly. Furnished through and through, and furnished again. Remember, it's 
through and through is good, but that misses, that still implies thoroughly. God has the power. Man has to get the power. What bridges the gap? Scripture. The power is through the Scripture. So how does the power get to the man, truly? I love it, folks. It's so simple. And you know, I've explained it like this before, and, and, and people have understood it, but sometimes people don't like it. I love words. Never, never, ever underestimate the importance of one single word. And I, I've, I can't remember. I think, I think it was Dennis Prager. Dennis Prager talks about whenever you go to study the Bible, he's, he's a Jew, and he's, anyway, Dennis Prager's not a Christian. But he is very knowledgeable in the Old Testament. And he talks about when you go to read the Old Testament, when you go to read the Bible, as he would say, he said, ask yourself not just why did he say this, but ask yourself why did he say this instead of that? So for years I've noticed this, and I've always been like, well, why does it say in my Cambridge text, truly, and in other texts it says thoroughly? Well, the technical answer, the, the, the answer, the responsible answer is that it is because whenever the, the King James was written, English spelling was not yet standardized and thoroughly and thoroughly essentially meant the same thing relating to being complete or exhaustive in a process. But thoroughly is an older form. So I get it. There, there's no flashing sign that says, well, whenever the King James was written, the Cambridge text used thoroughly to more adequately convey the idea that the power comes from God to the man of God through the Holy Scriptures. Okay, so I, so I get it. There's no, there's no big bright sign pointing to that, but I still am convinced that in the early 17th century, there was enough nuance of difference between the words thoroughly and truly. I still, I still am convinced that's why the older King James Cambridge text have thoroughly or truly rather instead of thoroughly. What do y'all think? Theonustos, God breathed, exactly. Yeah, hey, hey, Alabama, PTO, power takeoff. Uh, Jacob Ma. Mahabir, good to see you. Jacob, I don't ever pronounce your last name. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have tried. What's up, Connie Barden? I don't think I said hello to you. Good to see you. John, you didn't derail the discussion. You added to it. We would have had a 10-minute podcast if it weren't for you. Not, not that that's a bad thing. You know, sometime, I mean, like as a, as a gospel preacher, you come to realize you'll never make people mad with a short sermon. Unless those people already don't like you, and then they'll be like, what? That, that guy, he can't preach very long sermons. Hey, Ben Grady, are you still watching? Good to see you, man. I didn't say hello. It kind of exaggerates through and through fully. Ben, I don't know what I was saying when you said that, so I can't comment on it. Sue Ross, here within, oh, man. I missed all kinds of comments. 
Ben Grady, yes. Ben, hold on just a second. I'm going to put your comment up. But I want to get this from Sue Roth. Here with earbuds in, waiting for injections. Probably will have to listen to the rest later. Sue, I am sorry about that. I hope you're doing okay. Uh, my memory is being tickled. I'm not going to say what I think, but I think you have shared with us about a medical condition that you have that requires some ongoing attention. So we 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 even though we're not on bowed knee right now, we we will pray on your behalf. Um delivers completes through yes ben is that something that you come up with or did you find that somewhere is that a is that a quote from a larger body of work because yes delivers or completes through so the power is delivered the man of god is completed through the holy scriptures now based on what we've talked about and again, I know I'm wanting, I know I'm not reinventing the wheel or I didn't discover a better mousetrap or, you know, I mean, there's nothing new under the sun. Okay. In fact, I think about Paul being stirred up on Mars Hill uh, whenever he was looking at the city wholly given to idolatry. And he, the, the text tells us there in Acts that there were people there that wanted to either hear to tell some new thing. So I'm, is this is, this, this is not something that I just, stubbed my toe on last night. I mean, I've been talking about this for years and it just hit me not too long ago, a year or so ago. Like, well, this is how to explain it. And I remember when I shared this with uh, the congregation up here, they, the folks up here absolutely loved it. I mean, nobody's going to, nobody's going to change it in their Bible. You don't have to do that, but it's a way to conceptualize how is the man of God endued in the 21st century with the power of God? Through the word. That's important. Cool, Ben. Yeah, Ben says, now nah, it's just him thinking about it. Well, I, I like the thought. John Exum, let me get you here. I actually didn't think about the having been before. I just like the fact that the LSB uses God breathed in verse 16. Gave me something to chew on. I prefer the equipped. Got you, John. Yeah, and listen, please understand. And this is to anybody listening. Just because I'm nerding out and I'm all excited and I'm all got a bright, shiny new toy, or I'm like Jack Horner. I've stuck my thumb in the pie and I pulled out a plum. Oh, I'm a good boy. I'm proud of myself. Look, I got y'all look at this. I've got this. I'm a good boy. Look, that doesn't mean that I think whatever Bible translation you're using is suboptimal or subpar. I don't think that the LSB or your ASB or NASB, I don't think you need to throw them away. In fact, if you've got a King James that's an Oxford text that uses thoroughly, God bless you. More power to you. I just think that this brings some depth, and it shows that Bible study, even after years and years and years, you can. the more you meditate on it, the more stuff you find. Well, thank you, John. Appreciate you, sir. John says, I understand you, brother. It's it's good to use multiple versions. All right, let me get the let me get the tip jar back up. Okay, so um guys, that's all I've got for today. The power is in the word. And nerd out a little bit. Go go study Ephesians 4 and notice 
that Ephesians 4, Paul is talking about the power of God, the equipping for the man of God for every good work is coming down from God to the inspired men of the first century. Kata Artizo. And then for the man of God, after that initial coming down, now the man of God can be Artio Ek Artizo. He can be equipped out of the scriptures. That's just so cool. James Slate's uh, reply, this is replying to Ben Grady, but I'm going to, I'm going to horn in. Uh, this kind of makes me think about a passage I studied last night, James 1, 2 through 4, about being complete. We learn patience by faith through the scriptures. Absolutely. Listen, I'm, I am fully convinced, okay? This is a fine time to open this can of worms. But I'm going to open it anyway, and we're, not just, we're just not going to eat any of it until another podcast. Romans chapter 8 talks about how the Holy Spirit helps in our infirmities. I am fully convinced that the Holy Spirit helps in our infirmities through the Word of God. Because I think the, the, the thrust of that in Romans 8 is God has a tangential will, a will that has not been revealed. And I'll give you a practical example. Let's say you have Ben Grady and you have John Exum. Now, now guys, I'm going to kill one of you off in this illustration, so I'm sorry. Ben, it's your time. It's your time to go. So I'm praying for Ben Grady and John Exum. Dear God, they're very, very sick. Please uh, be with the doctors and nurses administering to them, and please restore them back to their health, Father. Well, Ben dies and Jonathan lives. If it were in God's tangential will that this happened, me praying for both of those men to live, I actually went before the throne of God by the authority of my, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I prayed against the will of God. How in the world can we live and function whenever we set ourselves against God? Because we fear God. That should scare us to death. Like we should be scared to pray because God has a tangential will we know nothing about. That's why, the, that's why these utterances are unknown. They're, they're groanings which cannot be uttered. It's because we don't have enough knowledge to utter or groan. So what do I do? Almighty God in heaven, please be with Ben and John, as they are battling with this terrible sickness, and Father, I, we want both of them to survive, but we have learned through thy holy word revealed unto us by the Holy Spirit that even your son on the night of his betrayal before he hanged on the tree, sweating drops of blood, 
that all things are possible with you, but nevertheless, not our will, Father, but yours be done. So, Father, if it is your will, we pray for both of these men to survive. But if not, Father, we turn this over into your hands and we want your will to be done. That's the Holy Spirit interceding on our behalf. Because we still are able to bring our petition to a beneficent, almighty God who is well able to change his tangential will, yet because of the Holy Spirit's help through the word, we are able to do so in such a way where we are not setting ourselves against God. Folks, the power is in the word. We are equipped as men of God through the Holy Scriptures. It's literally, and and I know people with low vocabulary uses words like literally, literally, use it when it's needed, literally, what connects us to God is the Holy Scriptures. There's a lot we can learn from deeper meditation on the Word of God generally in all the main things we have all we need to get to heaven, but even some side research lately, I've just found lots of things that can be more perfectly understood and grasped under a deeper look. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That's all I've got on the matter, folks. I've really, I don't know if y'all have enjoyed this at all, but I've really enjoyed it. John Exum, you didn't derail the podcast. You made the podcast. You're the MVP of the podcast. It was a much more interesting podcast, I think, because of your contribution to it. So thank you for that. Remember, if you want to support the podcast monetarily, uh, join us for a $5 a month uh, subscription on Substack. Send us a tip at www.nearchurches.gmail.com. Use Lindsay Faye Dotson, lindsayfaydotson at gmail.com to design your your flyers and such like for your congregation. Um, Debbie Mangus says, thanks uh, for the thought-provoking message, Brother Tony. Well, thank you, Debbie. And look, that's again, that's like giving a fat kid cake. I love it. I love it. That's it, Ben. Let the Lord's will be done. I learned that from the Holy Spirit. So every time I go to God to pray, I ask him whatever my heart desires. I don't care how selfish or stupid it sounds to my ears or other people's. I just end that prayer with, Father, you know I'm praying all this out of my desires. But my overall desire is that your will be done over mine. I love you, Father. It's in Jesus' name that I've prayed. Amen. I'm in a praying mood, and we need to pray for Sue Ross. Let's go to God in prayer. Almighty God and Heavenly Father, we bow before thy august throne of grace and mercy, praising and magnifying your wonderful name. Father, we have just looked at thy word, and we have shown that the power for us to perform the work that you have set us to do is given to us through the word that you have delivered unto mankind that the Holy Spirit is revealed in the long ago and that you have preserved through the tomes of Scripture that we have. Father, we at this time are mindful of our sister Sue Ross, that she, uh, whatever she's going through, that her health can be back to where it needs to be. Father, everyone here that um, is listening to this or who will listen to it in the future who has 
um, unknown to me, uh, issues in their life for which they would like relief. Father, I pray that you would relieve them as only you can. But if it is not thy will, Father, at this time, we want to acknowledge that your will is superior to ours. And it's not our will, but yours that we want to be done. We know you love us, and we know that you will change your mind on some things. Nevertheless, Father, we want your outcome and your will to be done. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Folks, God bless every one of you. Be sure and subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, this has been Tony Brew with Cogitations, and we'll catch you on the flip side.